Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Definition of prayer. And the first is the most important. Prayer is just a relationship with God. Prayer is fellowship, communication, relationship with God. It's the its purpose is to know, love, and worship Him. So if you think of prayer as, as going to God and telling God what you want, you've already mixed up what prayer is. Now, there are times in life that we, we go to God and we say, Hey, God, these are things I'm looking for. These are, you know, I, I have these needs. Uh, I need help with this. But prayer in and of itself isn't us going telling God what we want. Uh, so if you only think of God as petition... If you only think of prayer as as seeking something from God, that's a pretty poor relationship. If the only relationship you had with somebody was that they called you when they needed something, when you saw the caller ID, you'd think, oh, no. And half the time you wouldn't answer it. You know, uh, uh, like the other day, a a lady called me and she said, Brother Chip, I I tried to call you the other day, uh, but you weren't at home. And I said, no, ma'am, we were home. We have caller ID. And... uh, I was, I was joking, though. I was joking. Hopefully she thought it was a, jo- a joke, too. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, if that's the only time anybody ever came to you, that's how you would feel about it. It's not much of a relationship. And with God, that's probably how he feels with us most of the time, is that the only time we ever want to spend time with him, talk to him, commune with him, is if we've got a problem, we want him to do something about it. And uh, so we just see God as a Coke machine. We put our money in, we want something back. So that is the number one thing to understand about prayer. Prayer is a relationship with God, and that changes everything about how you view prayer. One of the things, uh, I'll get to that in a second. Let's go on. Number two, uh, prayer helps us to understand and conform our lives to God's will and his ways. So the first thing prayer is, is prayer is a relationship. It's us being in a relationship, a fellowship with God. The second thing that happens in prayer, though, is that we have to understand the dynamics of the relationship. We're going to look at that more this evening. But the dynamic is God's the parent and we're the child. God knows more than we do in this relationship. So it is a relationship, but it's not an equal relationship. You and God are not equal partners in this relationship, okay? He's the parent, you're the child. So with that in mind, we have to understand that part of what we're doing in prayer is that we're trying to find God's will and God's direction because it's always going to be better than ours. So it's seeking a relationship from God, but it's also conforming our life to God's will and God's ways. So again, that's not often not how you think of prayer. We think of prayer as telling God what we want. The scripture we looked at last week was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus went to God and said literally what he wanted, which is what we need to do. God, this is how I feel about things. He said, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But then the very next thing he prayed was, but not my will, yours be done. So what Jesus was praying is, hey, this is how I feel. This is what I want. But I know your ways are always going to be right and best and, 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 and the right thing for me to do. So not my will, your will be done. So prayer is not just connecting a relationship with God. It's conforming to God and his will. And then finally, prayer helps us to access Uh, and to advance God's kingdom, power, and glory. And what I mean by that is the more you're in relationship with God, the the more you're going to be involved in God's work, the more you're going to experience God's power, the more you're going to see God's glory. For a Christian, prayer is not something you tack on to your religious life. It's not another devotional act. I'm I'm going to do these four things for God. I'm going to Come to church, go to Sunday school, read my Bible and pray, and then God will be fine with it. It's not something you're adding to the list. Prayer is the essential of what it means to be a Christian. Because prayer is your relationship with God. And without it, there is no relationship. Now, next week, we're going to talk about hindrances to prayer. And one of the number one hindrances uh, to prayer is us trying to do things on our own without God being involved. So those are the uh, threefold definition of prayer. We talked about that 
last week, what is prayer? And prayer more than anything, that relationship with God. The second thing we talked about last week was the example of Jesus in prayer. And we looked at some scriptures of, of how Jesus uh, prayed and what he responded to in prayer. And we found out something really simple. Jesus prayed all the time in all different kinds of situations. There wasn't just one kind of situation where Jesus was praying. We saw him pray in the morning, in the evening, and, in, and, in, and, and uh, uh, you know, late at night. Got up very early in the morning and stayed up very late at night. He prayed all the time. He prayed about everything. He prayed when he called the disciples. He prayed when he was uh, about to go to the cross. Uh, he prayed before uh, uh, his ministry began. So Jesus prayed about everything. And then the question came up, if Jesus was the Son of God and so close to God, why would he need to pray about all of these things? We can see why we need to pray about it, but why would Jesus need to pray about it? And the answer was so simple. Prayer isn't telling God something we want. Prayer is being in a relationship. So why did Jesus pray all the time? Because he was in a relationship with God. <laughs> you know, that's what it was about. And the way you're in a relationship with God is you spend time with them. Just as any relationship is you spending time with someone. That's what the relationship is all about. So Jesus was in a close relationship with God, so he spent time in that relationship, just as we need to do. Next thing we did last week, we had an honest evaluation of our own prayer life. We looked at some things to talk about where we are, and then we were challenged to be devoted to prayer. And the homework was really very simple, to pray about prayer. That was your homework last week. And uh, what we meant by that was that, that you begin to pray, God, help me get closer to you. Help me know more about you. Help, help this be more than, than something I'm doing uh, at night. Help, help me to be in a stronger, uh, fuller, better relationship with you. So that's kind of a review uh, of where we were last week in five minutes or so. And now uh, Andrew's going to come and uh, talk about what it means to be devoted to God in prayer. All right. Wow. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, hopefully you are awake now. All right. So we're going to talk about the three types of prayer. All right. And so we're going to start with a verse. It's not on your sheet. It's very long. So I'll just read it really quickly. Okay. It's Colossians 4.2. It says, be devoted to prayer. And that's it. All right. Pretty long, pretty confusing, right? So, but the author here thought it was important enough to put it, right? He's writing letters to the church, and he thinks that it's important to let them know to be devoted to prayer, okay? So, um, this is not an exhaustive list, what we have here, these three types of prayer that we're about to talk about. It's not an exhaustive list of everything that you can do to be a perfect prayer. It's not going to give you perfect communication with God, but what is going to give you perfect communication with God, perfect relationship, is to be devoted to the prayer, right? So that's something to remember as we go through this, all right? So our first type of prayer is scheduled prayers. How many of you have somebody who you have a scheduled meeting with every week? Maybe you know that you're going to go out with them, right? So I know at noon on Wednesdays, I'm going to go to lunch with Joan Barley, and we're going to go to her favorite restaurant, White Castle, and we're going to talk, right? And that's important to us. Why? Because it builds our relationship. We get, we get a chance to talk, to catch up, right? So how many of you have something like that? Raise your hand real quick. Most of you, right? All right, so this is, this is our first type of prayer with God, all right? We're going to look at um, Psalms 55, 16 through 17. This is David talking. And he says, As for me, I called to God, and the Lord saves me. Every morning, evening, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice, right? So this is our first how to have a scheduled prayer. It's time, all right? So that's not on your list, so you can probably write it down because it's important. Time, okay? So David, every evening, morning, and noon, went and prayed to God. He thought it was important. It was non-negotiable to him, right? Every evening, morning, and noon, I'll be there, right? Whether you're there or not. And guess what? God was always there, right? So this is important, all right? So our next, our next one is going to be, our next how-to is place. Have a place where you can pray, all right? So, um... If we look at Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, here, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. He went as usual to the Mount of Olives, right? This is a place where we can go, we can spend time with God, we can talk to God, and we feel comfortable. We know that we're alone, right? We know that we connect with God there. All right, research says that 
if you study in your bed that you will not get as good sleep anymore because you will correlate your bed with somewhere that you study, right? So if we take our bed and make it the place where we pray, we correlate prayer with sleep, right? So don't make your bed somewhere you pray. Don't make the place that you study somewhere you pray, right? It's important to have a, a separate place that you go, that you can pray, that you can connect with God, that you know that when you're there, that the only thing on your mind is prayer, that your body naturally responds and says, this is the place where I'm with God. This is the place where I hear from God. This is the place where I pray, all right? And so the third how to have a scheduled prayer life is have a plan, okay? So if we read Daniel 6.10, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber, his place. He had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, right? That's his time. Praying and giving thanks to God as he had been previously doing. Now Daniel had a plan. He had been previously doing this, right? If you know anything about the book of Daniel, Daniel's being persecuted here. Right? He's being told that as a Christian, it's not okay. If you worship God, you're going to be killed. Right? And so Daniel doesn't matter. He has a plan. He's going to pray every day, three times a day. He's going to pray that God saves him, that God's with him. And it worked out pretty well for Daniel, right? He got saved from the lion's den. Right? So my dad likes to tell me a story. It's one of my favorite stories. Okay. So for Daniel here, it was non negotiable, right? It was absolutely non-negotiable. He could be killed for praying, but it didn't matter. He was still going to pray. So there was a pastor, an older pastor. You guys may not have ever heard of him by the name of Billy Graham. You probably heard of him, right? All right. So Billy Graham had a time every morning in his office. He would go and he would sit down. Everyone on the staff knew that he was coming and he was going to spend time with God. He was going to pray. He was going to spend time alone. Okay. One day, Billy's in his office. The door's closed. He's prayer time and somebody knocks on his door. He was thinking what are you all doing? You know that this is my time. They opened the door and it was his secretary and he said, I'm sorry, sir, but um, the president's on the line. He wants to talk to you. And he said, well, tell him that I'm, you know, having some time and I'll call him back. And so she says, um, okay. So she walks away and she comes back a minute later and she knocks on his door and he's like, what is she doing? And she comes in and she says, well, sir, he says it's important. And he said, well, you can tell the president that I'm talking to the God of the universe. And when I'm done, then I'll call him back. Right? This was non-negotiable for Billy Graham. This was important to him. And because of it, Billy Graham was a pretty successful pastor. Right? These are the things that we can do to be more devoted in prayer, first of all. all right? So our next type of prayer is spontaneous prayers. Right? So we've talked about prayer is a relationship. Right? So if you are in a relationship with somebody, do you go through an entire day without ever thinking about them? Probably not. Right? If you are walking down the street, sometimes you'll see something and you'll think, oh, that's funny. My dad would think that's funny. I'm going to call him, right? I'm going to talk to him and tell him that that was funny. Or, oh, no, I have no idea what to do. My dad would know what to do, so I'm going to call him, right? It's a relationship, right? So if you're in a relationship with God, are you going to go through times where you're going to think, oh, wow, this is important. I need to tell him. I can't believe my boss just said that to me. I'm getting mad. I need to tell him because he's the one that calms me down, right? Spontaneous prayers are important. All right, so it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing, right? For some of us, this seems impossible. I know it does for me a lot of times, praying without ceasing, right? I cannot go an entire day with praying, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean pray all the time and never stop. What does it mean? Persistently, right? Live life with God. We can live life with God. That's what it's talking about here, right? And so spontaneous prayers are a way that we live life with God. Relationships, we live life with people by calling them, by texting them, by stopping by and just because we were thinking about them, right? So this is our way we can be spontaneous and talk to God, all right? Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, right? So it says, don't be anxious if you're going through troubles. Once again, God is your caretaker. God is your peacemaker. God is your confidant, right? This is a great place that we can go. We can share our feelings. All right. And our last type of prayer is emergency prayers, right? We all have times in our lives where it says these are our 911 prayers, right? Times where we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what, it, what we could possibly do. Maybe someone in the family dies. We have a death, right? Maybe we go through a breakup. Whatever it is, it's important to know that we have a 911 line that we can call, right? So in Jonah here, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to me. 
You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Jonah's praying after he got eaten by a whale, right? How many of you have been eaten by a whale? Probably none of you, right? But we still have 911 calls in our life, right? We still have big things. Jonah's proving right here that prayer works even in the 911. If I was swallowed by a whale at the bottom of an ocean, I would probably not be thinking about prayer immediately. I'd be thinking about how am I going to get out of this fish, right? But Jonah shows us that being faithful, showing that God is in control of everything, even the most obscure situations, even the things we don't know how we're going to handle, it's, we're going to get out of it, right? God's going to walk us through it. Daniel knew that in his 911, when he was about to get killed for worshiping God, that God was going to save him from the lion's den, right? And so we can always get out of these. So now we're going to talk about how we can begin our war room, and my dad's going to come up and tell you about that. Thank you, my son. So think a second. Why, why do you need a scheduled time with God? What do you think? Okay, life gets busy, life gets hectic. Uh, I've got a friend I meet with once a month. We went to high school together. We have lunch once a month. We just catch up. If we didn't do that on a regular basis, do you think I would probably ever really talk to him or sing? We, we don't run in the same circles. We don't see each other. We don't live close to each other. Uh, probably never would, but we just schedule. We'll leave the, we'll schedule at the, at lunch. Okay, when we meet next month. And we just get together. So at scheduled time, you know you're going to be there. You're going to be with God. What about spontaneous? Uh, why do we need spontaneous times with God? Yeah, it's all praise, thanks, questions, concerns. It's everything. You're just spending life with him, as Andrew said. And then, of course, the emergency is pretty simple. So with that kind of in our background, it, it, it's a relationship. And to see it as a relationship, let's talk about beginning your war room. And what we're going to look at tonight is the Lord's Prayer. The disciples actually asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, this is what he told them uh, when they were asked uh, about teaching uh, about prayer. So turn to Matthew chapter 5. Now, it's kind of interesting. Uh, let's say uh, you see me after church and you say, hey, guess what? Uh, one of my best friends is coming into town in a few minutes. And I said, oh, that's great. And they said, can you help me make a list of something I might say to him? Would that seem strange to you? Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? And yet, that's kind of where we are with God when we talk about prayer. Okay, I want to be in a relationship with you. Don't let me make a list of things I need to say or something like that. So, what we have in the Lord's Prayer is a good outline of, of, of things that prayer encompasses, but it's not all-encompassing. And the more you pray and the more your relationship with God is, the more these things are going to flow. But at this time, it's still going to be good to kind of get a little outline uh, of, of what, what goes on in prayer, what, what, what happens in prayer, uh, what do I talk about in prayer. And uh, it's, it's like any other relationship. So let's just think about relationships in general. What causes you to get closer to someone in any kind of a relationship? Are you spending time with them? Heard somebody else? Things you have in common with them? Okay, communication. I'm sorry? Putting time into the relationship. Just having experiences. We talked last week, uh, when you get together with old friends, all you do is tell old stories. You know, and everybody else in the room is bored and you're as excited as you can be or something. Having these times, having these relationships with God. So uh, it is kind of important. A, a few couple years ago, Andrew spent the summer in missions in, uh, in uh, Utah uh, with, the, with the Home Mission Board. And uh, excuse me, the North American Mission Board, showing how old I am here, the North American Mission Board. And uh, so we would talk to him once a week or so by Skype, and we would actually make a list of some things we wanted to tell him. Uh, because we knew we was only going to get talked to him once or something. So we actually made a list. And that's not the only thing we talked about, but it was things we knew that he would want to know or, or, 
or, you know, something like that. And uh, uh, so this kind of is, is, is a little list of what's going on when we look through the Lord's Prayer and how Jesus answered, Lord, teach us to pray. As we go through this, this is also going to be your homework. You're going to see in a second. Uh, so the first thing that Jesus does as we begin <coughs> is that he wants us to understand the proper dynamics in the relationship. Now, we said earlier the dynamic is almost a uh, parent-child type of dynamic there. And so we need to understand that. But let's see how Jesus talks about that in the Lord's Prayer. Look down to verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. So if you want to know how you pray, Jesus is going to give you a basic outline. It's not all-encompassing, but it's a basic outline. And he begins with understanding the relationship as you go into it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right there, the entire relationship with God is summed up. The entire dynamic is given in that one simple statement. The first thing he says is our Father. So this, this is not the word Abba that Jesus sometimes used. Uh, it's the word pater, which simply means Father. Yeah, go ahead. What chapter was I saying? Five. Come on, people, keep up. I wanted to see if you were reading your Bible. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Listen, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will find the Lord's Prayer. Okay, it's just that simple. Thank you, Amanda. Chapter six. Okay. Our Father who art in heaven. So he's using the term Father here. When you think of father or dad, uh, and, and, you know, there are times that we have people have bad relationships with parents or whatever. <laughs> but for most people, you're thinking of a parent who loves you and cares for you. Okay? So what's the first thing Jesus is saying about the relationship you're entering into when you talk to God in prayer? The very first way he addresses God, what's that tell you about this relationship? personal, intimate, loving, caring. He's your parent. You're his child. That's the relationship you're entering into here. Why is it important when you begin to talk to God that you know he created me, he loves me, he would do anything for me, uh, I'm his child? Why is that important to know? He wants to have a relationship with me. Yeah, it's it, you. You want you're wanting to be in that kind of relationship. Have you ever talked, called, and talked to somebody, and they just sound like they were bored to death and wanted to get off the phone the whole time you were talking to them? Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know. So what God is telling us here is that's not the relationship here. I, I'm I'm your father, and so when you come to me, understand that relationship. God's loving. God's caring. God wants to do it. As a matter of fact, we're going to see later on. It's not you trying to get God's attention. God's trying to get your attention. Okay, so, so our Father, that, that, that spells out the number one dynamic of the relationship is this God you're trying to have a relationship with is intimate, loving, caring, and wants to have this relationship with you. He is your Father. But then look at the very next thing that he says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, Dad, who's in heaven whose name is holy and separate and above and greater than all else. That's the second part of the dynamic. Yes, God is intimate. Yes, he's your father. Yes, he loves you with a passion. He is also the Lord of the entire universe, the judge of all things, the king of kings. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing. His name is hallowed, which means holy. The word holy means Different, set apart, unique, separate, and above. So you're praying to someone who is different, set apart, and above you. What if God would have started with that? What if Jesus would have started with that instead of Father? Would it have changed the relationship that you were about to enter into any? Yeah. So the first thing he says is he's intimate, he loves you, he cares for you. The second thing he says, he's also in charge of everything. He's the big kahuna. Okay, he, he, he's the one that's there. So what do, how do, how, how, let me try this in English. Why do we need both of those 
uh, images of God when we go to prayer? Okay. And you've got to know both of those, the personal relationship and the lordship as you enter into this. Okay, I know you love me. I also know you're in charge. I also know you're higher than me. I also know that your way is going to be best. I also know that you have all power. Has there ever been a time that you've gone to God in prayer that it might be good to know that he's the Lord of the universe and has all power? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So we have to understand both of those things when we go into the relationship with him. So uh, as you begin in prayer, that's the first thing uh, that's being pointed out. Stop there. Any any thoughts on, on, on just the way that the dynamics of the relationship we're about in? Go ahead, Bill. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, th- tell me some relationships that you have in life that may be close, intimate, and meaningful, but they're not necessarily equal relationships. Okay, exactly. Uh, we've already talked about parent-child. Anybody here friends with your boss at work? Yeah. Uh, your, your boss is God. Okay, at work. Oh, yeah, and don't forget. <clears throat> no, I'm not God. Her, her, God. God is over the church. That's, uh, so, so, you know, not every relationship is, is equal. It doesn't mean they're not loving and caring relationships. Think of the parent-child relationship. As Bill said, God already established it. The second thing uh, that he talks about that's really interesting uh, is the very next next verse. And that's to to realize that in prayer, what we're trying to do is to align ourselves with God's work and God's will. Because here's the thing again. If you're going to be saying, hey, these are some things going on in my life. This is what I'd like to see. These are problems. This is where I need help. For you to understand, you first have to get yourself aligned with God or it's not going to matter. You can go to God all the time and say, this is what I want. It doesn't mean that it's the best for you. And if God's going to be giving you the best, then what we need to be seeking is God's will. uh, First and foremost uh, than anything. But he starts out with your kingdom come. Now, one of the main things Jesus talked about was the coming of the kingdom of God. And, and to summarize what that means very, very over simply, it, it just means uh, what are you doing to bring God's heavenly kingdom to earth? Uh, you know, how, you, you, so how does, how does God's kingdom become the kingdom that we see here on earth? What are you doing to make this world more like God would want it to be? So he says, okay, you've addressed yourself with God. The next thing you're praying is, Lord... Uh, help me be a part of making this world the kind of world that it should be. Now, as you go into it here then, you're immediately saying, all right, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. When we generally pray, what are we asking God to do? To be a part of what we're doing, okay? So you're reorienting yourself here. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. You know, uh, if you're part of what God's doing, it's going to be a whole lot better than if God's a part of what you're doing. Okay, so uh, so you reorient yourself to his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, You know, James said you have not because you ask not. And then even when you ask, you don't get because you're asking amiss just to fulfill your own lusts. So what, what we're praying here is the antidote to that. 
help me find your will. Help me find your kingdom. Be a part of what you're doing instead of you getting on board with what I'm doing. Why is that sometimes a difficult thing for us to pray? Exactly. We, God's, we're not getting God to do what we want him to do. So, yeah, you're no longer in control. You're giving up your control to get on board with God. Where what we want is for God to do what we want him to do. So we come and we say, God, these are the things I want. Now go do them. And then if God doesn't do them, we say, God must not love me or he would have done what I told him to do. Now, go ahead, Jackie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And think about if you were, if a child went to a parent and said, I'm going to eat ice cream for supper tonight. I'm not going to do my homework and I'm not getting up and going to school. That's what I want. And if you love me, you'll let me do it. So does the parent say, well, I want them to know that I love them. So I guess uh, they don't have to do their homework or go to school and they can eat ice cream, right? Yeah, some 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 parents do. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess uh, unfortunately that's true. Uh, but the idea that okay, there has to be an understanding that it's about that God knows better. So seeking His will, just as Jesus did. Third thing that's talked about in the Lord's prayers in verse eleven says, "Give us today our daily bread." I was reading a commentary earlier where the guy said, "This just seems like a strange addition to the text." We have these lofty words. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And make sure I have enough bread to eat for lunch with my sandwich. And yet, when I read that, that's not what I get out of it. I see daily bread as something entirely different. I see daily bread as you sharing with God everything going on with your life. The little things, the good, the bad, your daily bread, the things that you think nobody else would be interested in. Is there anybody in life that you call and talk to about mundane things that most of us would go, why are you telling me this? Or something like that. You know, or you, or you call and you say, guess what? I went to Walmart and strawberries were on sale. And yeah, <laughs> Okay, your mom does that. She'll call you and do that. Okay. Well, that's just sharing life with somebody. And if you're in a relationship, that's okay. And I think that's what this is saying. Your daily needs, the things that come up, those spontaneous things throughout the day that Andrew was talking about earlier. That's what this is. You're living life with God. You're in relationship with God. And you're sharing things like your daily bread. Uh, anything that's coming up, you're, you're a part of that. All of those things uh, are part of what God's doing. The good, the bad, the challenges, the triumphs. Uh, all of those things that as you go through a, a daily walk with God, He's experiencing those things with you. So what might be involved when you're talking with God in prayer and it comes to your daily bread section? What could be involved in that? All right, reading the Bible, Bible things. What are some things you might pray about during daily bread time? <laughs> All right, keep you from killing your children because of the way they've been acting. Something like that. Uh, anything. Anything that came up. Man, I'm frustrated in this traffic jam. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's been a tough day. You know, so-and-so's been a real irritant. Uh, you know, I feel like I want to kick the dog. Uh, I can't believe I finally got home and wanted to watch TV tonight, and uh, they had tiny house hunters on instead of regular house hunters, and it's just ruined my whole night or something. You know, Anything that, that's important to you, anything that comes up, you're sharing your daily walk with God because God is interested in all of those things. How would you feel if you were a parent and your kid came home from school, and out of the blue they started telling you about everything that happened at school that day? Would you think, look... I'm busy. Don't tell me what went on at school today. Is that how you'd feel? No, you would feel overjoyed 
because they generally don't tell you anything about what, how was school? Fine. What'd you learn? Nothing. You know, anything happened? No. You know, if anything ever does ever happen, mom, I'll tell you something like that, you know. And, and so if they sat down and started talking to you about daily bread, you'd be overjoyed. Now think about this. How does your father in heaven feel when you sit down and start talking to him about daily bread? The exact same way. The next thing he does is he goes on uh, in verse 12. And he, uh, yes, I heard my name. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And like you said, and not not looking towards the next day or what happened the day before, but living living that day and sharing it with God lead you in that. Absolutely. Well, the next thing he talks about in verse 12 is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So there comes a time after that daily bread... Uh, that God basically asks you to take an inventory of your life. Now, uh, the, the, what he talks about in your inventory here, are there places you've messed up and that you need to confess and seek God's forgiveness? Are there people that have hurt you that, that, uh, that you need to forgive and reestablish relationship with? But the, the whole section here is you can't do this unless you're really looking at your life and taking an inventory. How am I living? What am I doing? Uh, what was pleasing to God? What wasn't pleasing to God? What do I need to get back aligned with the very first thing I prayed, which was his will? Where am I not in his will? Uh, and then take that to God and say, Lord, these are some areas where I know I wasn't in your will today. These are some areas where I didn't do things I should have done. Uh, uh, these, this is where I said some things I shouldn't have said. These are things where people hurt me and now I'm not forgiving them. Why is it important in a relationship like we're having with God uh, as a parent and child to take this kind of an inventory of our life? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Have you ever been talking to a, some, a friend and they said, hey, you're, you hurt my feelings the other day, or you did something that made me mad, or uh, I need to tell you something. Anybody ever had a friend tell you something like that? All right, now it may not have been easy to hear. Would it have been better for them to keep that in? What would that have done to your relationship? Yeah. It would have just kept festering. And, and uh, you know, have you ever said to somebody, is there something wrong? You know, you sure act like there's something wrong, you know, or something like that. Well, that's what we're doing here is we're going to God and we're saying, look, I know there's times I haven't been aligned with your will. I know there's times I didn't do what I should do. And you're bringing that confession to God and then seeking that repentance. Like, like Jackie said, if the only thing you're doing is the confessing part, you're not getting very far. I'm sorry, and I'll probably do it again tomorrow or something. <laughs> but that's not, yeah, that's not much. That's, that's, not, that's not much. The repentance is also necessary. Then the last thing he says is in verse 13. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, this is the part where we do look ahead a little bit. And, uh, and it's not looking ahead, taking on tomorrow's problems, but it's saying, okay, these are things coming up. Uh, you, you know, so Lord, as I go through the day, help me see where the potholes are and avoid them. Uh, help me live the kind of life you would. These are challenges I'm having today. These are, these are big things going on. Is there anything wrong with saying, Hey God, these are things going on in my life today and I'm going to need you with me as I go through them. 
you, yeah, we absolutely do need that. And have you ever, you ever then uh, had a friend and say something like, oh man, I've got, I've got a big meeting with so-and-so at, at, at noon or something. And then at 1.30, they call you and they say, how did that meeting go? Why are they doing that? Because you're in a relationship and they're caring. You've shared what's going on that day and they've been living that day with you. And so what he's saying here is, hey, Lord, as we go forward in this day, uh, you know, help me uh, to, to not fall into these kind of temptations. Deliver me when, when the potholes and the evil things come. Uh, help me to be aware as I live a life and live the best life that I can. So what we have here is not a definitive, these are the only things you pray about. Jesus is just kind of giving us an outline here of what this relationship looks like. And basically, it's like any relationship. So let's boil it down to some simple things. The first thing he says, we've got to align ourselves with God and his will. Second thing he says is, is, is share your daily life with God. The third thing he says is, is there's something between you and God, if there's a problem there, you need to resolve the problem with God. You know, uh, before you go any further and then having God, as you go through your, your, your day to, to show you where the potholes are and to be able to avoid those things. So kind of just this outline, uh, of what prayer would look like. And with that in mind, Andrew's going to come and take us to our next section. Um, you want to just start the video? Uh, we're going to pass out, uh, another sheet here. If all you on board will do that. And um, then uh, uh, we're going to see a short video here from the war room. Last week, it was it was just as complicated. <laughs> we got some up here, Scott. If you, Scott, Jim. Okay, tell you a real quick story. Back um, every once in a while, I'll get a wild hair in staff meeting. Yeah, that whole row. We we intentionally skipped your row. Uh, is there more? Over here, that, that row right there. Okay. All right. So I, I'll get a wild here in staff meeting, and I say, I'll say things like, we're going to divide up into small groups and pray, and so I'm going to count off, and if you're a one, all the ones go together, and all the twos go together, all the threes go together, all the fours go together, and we're going to pray. So we will count off, and then nobody ever has any idea what their number was or where to go pray, and it is always a complete disaster. So the last time I tried that, somebody just said, no, no, no. You three go pray, you three go pray, all right, we're done. And I said, oh, okay. So this is kind of like that. It never never quite seems to work out. It, 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 yes, in my mind, it worked much better. So here's the, the clip from the war room. You got another bonus? Yes, sir. Dude, I went in the wrong line of work. Well, I couldn't have been a paramedic. You got that right, bro. And you two, calm with yourselves, man. <laughs> yeah, but could you imagine if I got bonuses every time I save somebody's life? Let's check it out. Heimlich, $200, right? Um, CPR, 400 Right. Like a 1000 if they're ugly. <laughs> Dude, you remember that one lady who had swallowed that garlic and she choked and had to give her mouth to mouth? That should have been a Hawaiian vacation. I couldn't have done it. Yeah, you could do it. You're not just going to let somebody die in front of you. 
while you eat your salad. I don't do CPR, Mike. I don't just call 911. That's just cold. You just gonna let somebody die? Yo, what if it was your wife? Hold on, bro. What, what? What's that? What is that? What's what? Dude, what's up with you and Liz? Nothing. Nothing? Look at you getting all tight. You got extra veins popping out that wasn't even there before. Mike, I'm just tired of her, okay? All right, I said it. I'm just tired of her junk. Her junk? Dude, you married her junk and all. It's not like some sort of buffet where you get to pick and choose what you want. You get all of her, bro. And you better not have somebody on the side. So you're trying to do CPR on my personal life now? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm a paramedic, but I'm also a Christian, which means I help people while I'm helping people. My look, we've been friends for a long time, but some things are just none of your business. True. And since we've been friends a long time, I'm not just going to watch your marriage die. So if it's bleeding, I'm not going to keep eating my salad. see you in church. I'd like to see the church in you, bro. <clears throat> hey, somebody need to come move this. All right. So what did we see happening in this video? Anybody? He got called out, right? So we saw last week somebody had some aggressive evangelism styles. This week we have some aggressive accountability, right? Is praying, being devoted to prayer, going to be easy? No, absolutely not, right? Life has a way of throwing roadblocks, right? It has a way of telling us every time we're going to pray, oh, yeah, hey, you got a text message. Congratulations, right? Oh, but your favorite show's on in five minutes, so you better, you better do it quick, right? Right? So whatever it is, life always has a way of telling us that we don't have time. Right? So we noticed that this man gave his friend accountability. And so we as a church, as a group, are going to try to give each other accountability. All right? And so we're going to read, first of all, Hebrews 3.13. It says, Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. All right? So what does it say at the beginning? Does it say, sit back and be encouraged by the people around you? No. I know too many people who think that it says, sit back and be encouraged. And then when they're not encouraged, they are mad. Right? It says, encourage one another. We are called to, as a church, as a church family, to reach out to one another. To encourage one, of the, one another. To check on one another. Right? We're not called to sit back and be pampered, to be babied. We're called to make sure that everyone's everyone's being devoted to prayer, to make sure that everyone's loving the people around them, right? So we have come up with a few ways that we are going to help you all be a little bit more devoted to prayer this week. And the first is through email. We have a bunch of um, sign-up sheets around the Welcome Center outside, and we want you to sign up, put your email on it. If you don't have an email address, um, we can't hold you accountable. I'm sorry. You're going to have to hold yourself accountable. No, but um, it's 2016, so sign up on Gmail. But um, so go and sign up. We have um, some, some out there, and we're going to send you some reminders throughout this study. We're going we're gonna to send you some encouragement, right? We want to let you know that it is so important and that we love you and that we care about you, right? So this is our way of doing that. All right, the second way that we're going to make sure that everyone is staying accountable is we're going to look around the room. So do that now. Look around the room. Is there another person in this room other than you? Yes, right? So you have somebody to help keep you accountable. You have someone that you can keep accountable, right? Do you have someone in your life that you trust? Someone that you can tell everything to? Yes, probably, right? So go to that person. Make sure that they know that you are holding them accountable. And in return, expect them to hold you accountable, right? Encourage one another, it says, right? I'm going to encourage you. You're going to encourage me. And together, we're going to grow, right? God gives us a simple way to do things, even though it's not so simple when we actually try to do things, because we have a great way of messing things up, right? But we're going to remind each other constantly. We're going to remind each other. 
we're praying for you. I'm encouraging you. You can do this. You can be more devoted. All right. Oh, excuse me. All right. And so lastly, we have some homework. All right. Um, last week's homework was pray about prayer. This week's homework is pray through the major areas of the Lord's Prayer, right? My dad went over them. He outlined them. Jesus thought it was important to show us how to pray. He thought it was important that we knew that we had an example, right? It doesn't mean that we repeat it word for word every time we pray. But what it does mean is that we have an opportunity to look at the one who saved us, the God of the universe, right? The Son of God and how he related to his Father, right? And so we have a good opportunity for ourselves to learn how we can better relate with God. So pray through this. Make Say, what are, what are you lacking, right? If you're lacking your daily bread, God, please help me to share my daily bread with you more. Please help me to understand why it's important, right? If you're doing great in some area, you know, you can thank God. God, thank you so much that I have an understanding of you in this area. Thank you so much that I have an understanding of how to forgive my trespassers, right? So we want to pray through the entire thing. Think about your weaknesses. Think about your strengths. Thank God for both. Ask God to walk you through them, all right? And so um, I'm going to ask every one of you next week, and you're going to report to me. Write it down on a piece of paper, and I'll give you a grade, and we'll see how you did. All right? So um, now we're going to pray, and um, our scheduled prayer time, because I wrote it down, so it has to be scheduled prayer. And um, so we're just going to thank God for the opportunity we have, all right? Dear Lord, um, we want to come to you tonight, and we want to thank you so much that that you've given us the ability to communicate with you, that you've given us the opportunity to share in a relationship with you, to live life with you, Lord. Um, I want to thank you that you've put a church in my life, people in my life that I can live life with, people that I can encourage to come to you, Lord, people that I know are going to encourage me, people that love me, people that support me, Lord. Um, I pray that as a church that we can grow in, in communication with you, Lord, and trust in you and faith in you, Lord, and that it makes an impact that it changes the world, Lord. We see so many people throughout the Bible who, who had great faith in you, who did the things that we talk about. They scheduled prayer. They had spontaneous prayer. They had 911 prayer, whatever it was, Lord, and you answered their call, Lord. You were there with them. Um, so please answer our call as we come out. Help our, help our prayers to be, to be part of your plan, Lord, not part of our plan. Help us to seek you in that. It's in your beautiful, holy name that we pray, Lord. Amen. hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.